Welcome to the Single Cell World, the podcast for scientists in which we disentangle single cell technology. Here, frustration and failure are transformed into clarity and understanding. I am Katia Motinho, and in this podcast, I want to share with you my experience in single cell research. How? In the form of useful advices that you can use in the lab after each episode. Ready to learn? Let's start! Welcome to one more episode of the Single Cell World Podcast. Today is the part two of talking about single cell data analysis. And if you didn't listen to uh, the part one, let me tell you that I will be talking with Ayub Lazri, that is the co-founder of Single Cell Analytics. And Ayub is expert on data analysis. So now I will ask you something that maybe I should have talked before, like in the beginning, the languages. So you are talking about <laughs> R. I always say that R for me is a letter. Okay. <laughs> so what are the languages that you can use to analyze single cell data? Okay. So if you are starting with the analysis and you are new to the uh, word, so I would say, so there are two main packages out there or probably more, but like the two more used one will be from uh, like coded on R, but also like there is, uh, anyway, I'm not going into the structure of the code, but let's say the sort package in R and scanpy package on Python. So these are the two main packages that people use. And now if like a lot of bioinformaticians will use some packages coded in C and C++, like this will happen mainly like at the stage of going from the row fast queue to the count. There are other packages that can be used like directly from C or C++, but the main two are uh, R and Python. I think there are like some um, like a website called singlecellrnatools.org. Keep track of the packages, uh, programming language, um, etc. Um, I think R, it's slightly, it's still slightly higher than Python in terms of packages available but they are, I think, really close to each other. So there's no much big difference, to be honest. So when, again, when you are starting the analysis, so what you want is a clear tutorial, something that will walk you through all the steps and explain the steps and preferably explain the parameters that you are changing, etc. I have to say that Surat and Scampi, they are all, they, they have amazing uh, documentation. So you can go to their website and have a look, like they will walk you through the steps and explain you some parameters and then tell you like to be aware about this and this. So it's like there's a big effort from the community to keep these tools and push these tools to offer better and better analysis each version they offer. So yeah, so if you are starting R or Python, whatever you are comfortable with, there are plenty of uh, documentation out there. So just you have to, and the only way to learn is to jump, is to start doing it, is to start doing it. Like if you think that if you scroll down like a tutorial or something, you will learn no, you have to get your hand dirty, download like a data. There's plenty of data available on the Tenix website or something that you can download and go to, let's say, Surat tutorial and try to replicate some steps using your data or something like that. So this is the only way you can learn. As with everything. So it's like you can also see a tutorial in YouTube, how to do an experiment, right? But then you need to go to the lab and to do mistakes and to learn. It's always like that. So yeah. 
<laughs> and now let's say that I have single cell RNA data and I contact you. Okay. I say, hi, how are you? I have this data to analyze. So what will you tell me? I, I suppose that the first thing you will want to know more about my project. I know that I should have done this before. So talk about my project. Say, I will do this. I will have this data. How can we tailor better the experiment? But most people will not do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know because when they, some people arrive, to me, ah, I had this problem. I don't know how to solve it. So at the end of the experiment, that didn't work. Okay. So it's like, okay. And what you will tell me, I have my data. So you will know more about my project will be the first thing, right? And then what type of analysis you will offer me? Let's say that I will tell you I already used the cell ranger and the data seems okay. So do you offer basic analysis for people that didn't do anything with their data or only more and uh, deep analysis, let's say more. What do you offer? It's highly dependent on the client. So we offer both. So let's say again, so let's say that you are contacting me for data analysis and you have, let's say five, 10 samples or, or something like that, that you want to analyze. And let's say that you have the fast queue. You didn't do anything with the fast queue. So you have a link to download your fast queue, something, and you don't have space on your computer. You don't know, like you don't know what to do with this. We can take it from there. Like there is no issue. The, um, a lot of clients will pay for the step, like for, will pay for them from the fast queue to the count matrix and will come to you with that count matrix. So they already done the previous step with either 10x or another provider or something like that. I guess when you like send samples for sequencing, they always ask you, do you want us to do the first analysis or something like that? And like they, sometimes some companies will also offer kind of a PDF that summarizes a like basic analysis or something like that. So we can also take it from there. And again, as you said, so one thing that we want to understand is why did you do this experiment and what are you looking for in this data? So are you looking to discover new cell types or are you looking to understand the difference between two clusters or are you looking to do advanced modeling and do perturbation of some, let's say, perturb some genes in some specific cluster and predict the progression of this cluster or something like that. So again, like depend on the story you are trying to make, it will be different. So what we do it with bigger projects but like when let's say a client wants advanced analysis like wants some specific algorithms to be applied or wants us to look at developing a specific thing for this data we offer free consulting like this is something that we do like with all our clients so like the bigger the project the bigger the free consulting time will be so for example one of our bioinformaticians will contact you and then will be with you for one day or two mainly looking talking with you about the project, about the data that you generated, etc. And then at the end of this free consultation, we have a report where summarize the tasks that we like agreed on and all the information that the clients need to know and how long it will take to do the analysis, etc. Et so we discuss all these aspects with the clients. Sometimes if it's only like few samples and only basic analysis, people just want to do differential expression between clusters or something. It's basic like we charge by the sample, for example. So we already have like a pipeline that is there. So we discuss with the client, make sure that the algorithm that we are using fit the type of his data, etc. And then we run our pipelines and we make our reports and we discuss with the client if it's happy, then yeah. 
So it's highly dependent on the clients and on the projects. One thing that we love to do is what I call like lazy analysis. We don't do lazy analysis, which means we take a method and we use the parameters, like the standard parameters. We don't vary parameters. We don't play with parameters. We don't challenge like algorithms while we are analyzing. This is something that we don't do. Again, this taking me back to the point where every sample of data that we are analyzing, we have something in in the back of our mind saying this data may have something that can help someone later. So this is always what we have in mind while, while we are analyzing our data. And this gives us like the extra boost or the extra motivation you need to keep looking for the, the best method and the best approach. Yeah, this should be what people should keep in their mind always. This is what I keep in my mind, helping people. How can I help them? And this is what motivates me all my life, professional career and still right now it's like okay what can i do to make it easier for someone you know it can be with data analysis it can be i don't know with a call with a post so yeah this is what people should do really so the input will be then my data like my sequencing data and the output what will i get from you amazing graphics amazing graphics <laughs> what, what you will give yeah, me, please <laughs> with subtitles with... okay because i don't know it, this is for everyone that is doing data analysis by informaticians put subtitles because people like me I don't understand what are the colors the spots and the graphic <laughs> okay. like again it's depending on what you ask for and what you want like sometimes we have to let's say a company that is planning to do a lot of experiments a lot of single cell experiments for example and they have their first data but then this will happen again in the future so what we do is we build for example for them an application that will be integrated in their system etc and uh, we train, let's say, one or two of their staff so they can later click, click, and then have the reports, etc. But again, so if it's just a simple project where we just look at like uh, simple aspects of the analysis, like clustering, etc. So again, like the output will be a report with a lot of nice graphics, <laughs> a lot of dots, a lot of colors, uh, a lot of things, but explained. So we uh, like we make sure to explain every finding. And one thing that I personally review like the report and make sure that there is no overselling of the results. Let's say we find one gene that is, I don't know, overexpresses. We don't make a big story out of it. We point it. We say, look, this is something that probably you need to investigate more in some further experiment or something. And so we don't oversell. We don't make a fuzz of something that probably is not. So it's in the hand of the client to go back and validate. Again, going back to the validation. Yeah. And validate what we plotted or what we came up with. Uh, so again, so the output can be a report, can be an app. We can develop like something for the companies that they can use internally. Yeah. So this is the main two outputs. And now let's see what is your opinion in these assumptions to see if you agree. So my friends that are bioinformaticians always say that biology is the wet lab people like me. And I have to confess that I also thought it was like that. That it is, okay, you give me your data. I click in the button, enter, and I leave the computer <laughs> after half an hour, everything is done. It's not like that, right, Are you? It's a lot of time. So because this is something that the wet lab people say, come on, the analysis takes so long. And this is something that I want to talk about here to clarify that for you guys, it takes a lot of time. 
right? Doing a proper analysis. If you want to do a proper analysis, it takes time. If you don't want to take uh, just the Rackready off-shell algorithms with parameters, standard parameters and things, and apply them, like this will take probably like a few hours, depend how big is your data, depend how how much computational power do you have in your computer, etc. If you are taking this, what I call the lazy approach, it can be done in a few hours. If you want a proper analysis, the bioinformatician should, he's like making in a story out of data. So you need to be careful about each detail, about each parameter he's using, about each method he's using, and try to connect dots, like and like look at the pathway, see if this makes sense, if this doesn't make sense, etc. So this is one like the good approach. Like the other one will be, as you said, you give me your data. There's like a lot of pipelines already like there. I give me data, upload your data, click, 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 here's your report. It's your problem. Also, other thing, changing the colors of the graphics. I thought it was just to <laughs> click the button and no. So it takes a lot of time, <laughs> right? Yeah. To change the colors I, of I think it, the, it's the, most the graphics. Not hated. I don't want to use this word, but it's like it's not desirable. Like especially if you are trying to publish and then you have a reviewer coming back and saying, "Oh, you need to change the color of this and this and this." <laughs> And you think like, what is wrong with the colors? I don't see what is wrong with the colors. I don't care. They're fine. <laughs> but no, okay. No, it's not straightforward, to be honest. Sometimes, again, it depends on the how good are, because like we ask, like to be honest, like we ask a lot from bioinformaticians lately. So we want them to know biology. We want them to, to know math statistics. We want them to know cloud computing and developing apps. And we want them to do design and do magic, like plot and graphs. So again, I think there's an art of uh, visualization uh, of the So and you need to match the colors. You need to like use sometimes like there are like some colorblind people that probably won't be able to see like the right color. So you have to think of using, for example, star squares or, or something like that instead. So it's a whole art of selling what you found. Again, to answer your question, it's not straightforward to find the right way to represent your results. I'll give you like an example, like from one of our last papers. It took me, for example, one day to find the best way to plot correlation analysis, which is the simplest thing that you can do. But how you will present this and how you will sell this to the reviewers, etc., will take, like, for example, a day or two, like playing with the colors, etc. Like there are some nice tools, to be honest. I always use uh, ggplot, which is in, in R to make like plots. I, I find this a bit easier when, when it's come to changing color and things. It's still a bit tricky, but I find this a bit easier. There are other tools on that you can use in Python, for example, Plotly or something like that. But there are like that depend what you like, like depend what, what is your favorite approach. Yeah. So wet light people, it takes the same amount of time as for us to do a, uh, figures from experiments. Like we have to summarize our results from an experiment in a figure. And for us, it takes, I will say that maybe more than two days changing colors, the dimensions. The, so it's exactly the same. <laughs> okay. And we are almost finishing. What I want to highlight here is that the first analysis is done. Okay. But then, especially for um, wet lab people like me, there will be the 
need a lot of communication with the people that is doing the analysis. They will ask us a lot of questions because, again, we are talking in two different languages. There is people right now with a kind of hybrid profiles that, as you mentioned, Ayub, they know about biology and they know about bioinformatics and data analysis. So there is this kind of people, but they are not a lot. And my experience is that if this, is this type of profile, if they start in the wet lab and they are doing data analysis, they, with the time, they start forgetting what they did in the wet lab and also because the technology is evolving. So again, multidisciplinary teams, this is essential and it's essential and it will be like that if you want a good analysis, a lot of time to see, to reach the point where the analysis is okay, ready to publish. So what I want to say is that don't expect that a single cell experiment planning troubleshooting takes, let's say, two months and analysis will take one day. No, this is not like that. I think sometimes the analysis take more time than doing the experiment. And because of this, so here communication is essential and even do all the questions, even if they are kind of silly questions. When I was at the lab, I was always doing kind of silly questions for bioinformaticians. Well, that I thought they didn't, they will say, what is she talking about? This is basic. But no, no, no. Sometimes basic things that I was seeing and I was thinking was helping them because what happens with the multidisciplinary teams is that everyone gives different point of views. And this is the way for the experiments to work and to end up in a good publication, more than good publication in terms of impact factor. For me, that is not most important is for your publication, the data be solid data. Well done, because after it may have, again, impact on someone's treatment or in society, more than the impact factor, right? Also, like if you are publishing data and publishing analysis, like you have to be cautious that, or like you have to be aware also that you are laying the foundation of something that people will use later. So if you have a rigorous approach and you are generating good quality data in two, three, five years, when I'm against studying the same disease as you or something, I can use your data and find a way to compare our results or integrate your data or explore your data even further using other techniques that you didn't thought about when you were doing the experiment or didn't exist back then or something like that. So always when you are thinking about, about this step, so think about the things that you are targeting now, what are the fundings in your studies, but also always keep in mind that you are laying the foundation for people who are coming later to study the same thing as you. Mm -hmm. So just to finish, would you like to say something else? Something? Yeah. <laughs> it's our free time. Free time, <laughs> free time for you. <laughs> Again, Katya, thank you very much for having me. This was a really nice awesome. discussion. I hope we can do another thing, like probably like another episode where we look probably at some specific aspect of it, like I say, clustering or like data, like going from the fast queue to the count. There is a lot of things that we can discuss there, like the, the, the barcodes, the UMEs, etc. like how this is different from the RNA-seq and all the things that need to be done, like in order to have a good count matrix. Yeah, so this one thing. The other thing that I want to say is, please, please, when you are <laughs> planning your experiment and you identify the person who will analyze your data, contact them early in the process. Make them a partner of your study design and experimental design. The other thing that I want to say is always, I'm not saying to be skeptical about the methods. I'm not saying about being skeptical, but always question the methods. Look at the technical side of it. Have a look, like just 
when you are coming across a method that claim to be the best in, let's say, data integration or something, look at what the type of technologies they integrated. So let's say that the method that I found said, oh, we claim to be the best in integrating data. Then when I scroll and then look at the type of data they integrated, so they integrated only two types, they say 10x and, and sparsity. So I would be cautious in taking this algorithm and applying it to other technologies and say this will be the best one to integrate it. So again, there is a further, like always go to the supplementary material, look at like the things that are hidden there. And I know this take time. And again, this is uh, another thing for people who are in the lab and things, don't rush the bioinformaticians to do there. If you want good results, let them look at the papers, let them choose the right method, don't rush them. And again, every month, every couple of months, there are 10, 20 new methods out there. So how can you expect this person to analyze your data and keep up with the like amount of new algorithms and you expect them to give you the best results out there? If you want the best results, allow them some time to go and check the algorithms, look what are the novelty and the new algorithm, etc. And like they will make the story for you. So these are the points that I want to add. Yeah. yeah, this last point, I understand you because there is a lot of new technology for the lab, like protocols. Every week, no, but maybe every month. And for me, it's difficult to be updated on that. I imagine about bioinformatics analysis because there you have more things coming out. I, I will say each week, right? Imagine if like you are part of a lab and they do extensive sequencing and things and every like two, three days you have new data. How would you keep up with the new things? So at some point you will have start doing the lazy approach as I call it. It's just like you will have a pipeline and then it's like, I don't care. They give me the data. I click, click, I give them this. I don't care. Like it. So if you want the person to challenge the methods and give you good results, allow them time to train because I think bioinformaticians are people who need constant training. What I mean by constant training is like with machine learning, with the cloud computing, with everything coming at, at once, you can feel like that you are lost between all these things. So allow them time to train, allow them time to take part of workshops, send them to do, if there's a workshop that looks at cloud computing or bioinformatics in cloud computing or something like that, send your bioinformatician there for two, three days, you will learn about this. And when you need him to do something on the cloud or manage big data or something, he will know how to do it or you need extra power or something like that. Again, with the methods, allow them time to understand the method. It's not like you will read the papers like, ah, yeah, okay, understand. I will move on. No, no. It'll take you a day or two to read the paper, to play with the method, to see, ah, oh, and then like you just like recreate one graph and you are so proud. Ah, oh, okay, this is how it works. And then you have to question, it, it takes time. I have also at the lab, also at the lab, it's like that when a paper came out, I, I spent more than one afternoon checking everything and then you need to spend time in the lab. So it's exactly the same. I think I will generalize scientists and it's really important. I think it's what keeps people motivated if you allow them to learn more to improve their skills to know different things so this is that you mentioned is really really important yeah i agree and one other thing that i want to add it's for like not only bioinformatician but all scientists in the lab or behind the computer or something like that just keep in mind that the experiment that you are doing now or the data analysis that you are doing now can play a major role or can be the foundation or inside this 
data that you are producing or inside these graphs can be something that can help someone later, that can help a patient later. So just when you are doing it, do it with this in mind and always choose the rigorous approach. I agree. <laughs> so where can people find you? Social media? What do you have? LinkedIn, Twitter? So you can find me on LinkedIn. So we can, are you blustery? Or on Twitter, we have <laughs> an account where what we are not really active on Twitter. You can find us on LinkedIn also or on our website, singlecell-analytics.com. I will leave all the, the links in the description of this podcast. Okay. And so, yeah, go and follow IU. And if you need help with data analysis, you, now you know someone that can help you. <laughs> and me, you help me a lot. Are you understanding a little bit more to what happens in um, single cell data analysis? You still didn't convince me. <laughs> I think no one will to start doing <laughs> data analysis. Yeah, again, so if you are planning to start your journey in data analysis, don't listen to Katya, start. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't Please listen do to start. me. Please do start. <laughs> Take it easy, easy, simple data, like start from, from simple tools, again, like Surat and Kampai. So there are well-established tools, a lot of versions, a lot of tutorials available, a lot of resources available, documentation, etc. Start easy. And there, like there are a lot of forums. There are a lot of places where you can ask ask us ask people around you ask uh, everyone you know that can help and just start doing it so it's it's not something that you will learn in a week it's not something that you will learn in a, in a year or two like we've been like in this space for a few years now and we start learning still learning every day still learning new things so just don't go with this idea of i want to master data analysis in one week <laughs> so <laughs> just keep in mind that it's a learning process you will need a lot of time but you will get there it just with a bit of motivation a bit of discipline and also asking people around and asking for help when you need help this is the most important thing yeah no we are I'm still learning every day I learn new things and I hope it will be like this all my life professional and personally but uh, no it's like I don't want to learn, okay? Because it's something I tried. I swear to you that I tried, but it's something that I really don't like. And my problem is that if I don't like something, I will not learn. I learn under pressure. I remember that I needed to analyze data for my PhD thesis from microarrays, and I don't like Excel, okay? Excel files, no. So, well, I don't like maths, and uh, but I needed to learn, and I learned. I learned, and I asked, and it was okay. But this doesn't mean that I don't think it's a essential right now for new young people, new scientists to learn bioinformatics, learn data analysis. No, I think uh, that if you are starting or you are you know, finishing your PhD, invest time on do it because it's really the future. It's like we are producing so many data, everything is omics and you really need to understand what is the data analysis about. So learn, yes, learn. <laughs> if I needed to start right now my professional career, I will learn. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> But right now, I'm too lazy and too old for that. No, I, I always say my expertise, we cannot be experts in everything. So I'm expert on technology and wet lab is what I love. And I will leave data analysis for you, for example, or for other friends. It's the same. Like, I would never pretend that I know about the technology things. Like, I, I need to have a certain understanding of, of the technologies and things, but I won't be able to talk, like, recommend technologies based on your experimental need etc etc so we always have someone expert in this field to do it for us so we don't pretend that we know every aspect of it and yeah so again as you said learn 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 is the is the keyword and be 
flexible when, when you are learning. So don't rush the process. Learning is really slow process that pays a lot when you see yourself climbing the, the stairs. But take your time, research resources, take your time, talk to people and ask for help when you need. Yeah, I think it's really important this that you are mentioning. Talk with people, especially with senior people, uh, for example, like us, because we already passed the process. And we right now, if I needed to learn about technology, I will do some things differently, right? Or I share my problems, what were the challenges. So it's really important when you are learning to talk with senior people, to ask them for advice and to ask yeah, for them to explain. Definitely. It can point you to the right direction. It can save you a lot of time, like spending time exploring something that's probably is not in the scope or the topic, like always talk to people who have more experience than you. And we are like at this point, sorry, we are still talking to people who have more experience than ah, us. Yes. There will be always someone who has more experience than you. So and always try to connect with them and ask for their inputs and things. So this is the, the key. So thank you so much. And yes, we will have to talk to do other episodes <laughs> for sure. Definitely more more than welcome. Yeah, again, we can go in details about like each step and talk in details about the algorithms and uh, probably talk about or showcase like the differences between, let's say, the droplet, the full and sequencing, etc. We can talk about the clustering. We can talk about the cell type identification more in, in, in details. But also what we can talk about is the what happened after you identified your cluster things like some advanced analysis downstream that can help identifying like pathways that are important or that are relevant for some um, disease or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's that. So thank you so much. That's it for today, because otherwise people will have a lot of information. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about new episodes, new things to talk about, because I think it's really important for everyone to have an idea of everything that is in a single cell experiment and not just a wet lab, but analysis. So thank you so much, Ayub. See thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Katia. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Single Cell World podcast. If you think it was useful or you learned something new, please spend some seconds rating this podcast on Spotify or leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. It will make me super, super happy. For more tips or advice, follow me in Instagram or Twitter at Single Cell World or simply subscribe our website or blog at www.thesinglecellworld.com. Well, I will wait for you next Monday with a new episode.